Welcome to the realm of magic and mystery, classic horror and sci-fi. You are now entering the House of the Unusual podcast with your hosts, Eddie and Joe. Welcome everyone to House of the Unusual, the podcast of magic, mystery, and everything creepy and cool in between. I'm your host, Joe Pavlansky. With me as always is Eddie Guevara. Eddie, what's up, brother? How's it going? Everything's good, man. We have a lot of things to bring up to the people today. I mean, to our uh, our listeners, a lot of exciting things are happening. So, what's up in your yeah. part of the woods? Ah, uh, you know, it's been it's been fairly quiet here the last uh, week since we last talked. It's the weather's getting nicer here in Northeast Ohio. It actually got into the fifties today, so it was pretty nice outside. I, was able to actually take my dogs out and let them run through the yard and, um, you know, kind of enjoy the the sun for once. I haven't, we haven't seen the sun here in a couple of months. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's, it's been kind of nice. And other than that, I just been, you know, on the, on the home front, relaxing, watching some, some monster movies, catching up on some reading and, you know, that, that's, that's really it. What's going on on the, uh, the East coast over there. Well, I'll tell you what, I've been working ever since uh, Chuck has joined us. I've been putting together a bunch of magic tricks with him. And um, I mean, this guy is phenomenal. He's sending me so many videos, I can't keep up with them. Uh, he actually sent me almost 10 videos this week along. And I'm trying to, you know, um, do the best I can to upload them and put them in the channel. And what I think it's going to be happening, I'm going to try to put one like every other day, because I don't want to go say exactly every day, because it's going to overflood the channel and not everybody can watch the videos every single day. So I'm going to do like one day. Yes. One day. No. But one thing I'm going to say though, is we're developing a product line, Joe, and you know, this and, and Joe and me, we're talking about, I mean, me and you, Joe, we're talking about it and it's going to be called the Chuck Caputo magic. And it's actually been trademarked. So it's, it's a, it's a, it's a fabulous name and it by a fabulous person, Chuck, he's going to be, doing the demonstrations and he's also going to do the instructions on how to do it. So anybody who does purchase a trick, uh, magic, uh, apparatus, whatever it is from us, uh, not only are they going to get the, you know, they can see the video with Chuck performing the thing, but we're also going to have a special link that's going to be available, uh, only to the people that purchase the products on how to put it together, how to perform the trick. Cause remember magic is a secret. You can't tell anybody what you know, you know? <laughs> right, right. And and if anybody's wondering, we're on, um, all those videos are on YouTube. So go over to House of the Unusual on YouTube. Uh, subscribe to the channel so that you can get updated on all the videos coming out. And there are some, um, some great videos on there by Chuck uh, showcasing his magic. And you guys could also go back and check out some of our older videos and some of our... Uh, video podcast as well but definitely go there subscribe give us a thumbs up and uh, that way we could keep doing what we we do and um chuck was supposed to be on the show tonight but unfortunately his wife is going through some health issues so everybody out there listening you know you know give chuck's wife uh, some prayers uh her, i believe her name Sher- is it sherry cherry yes and uh you know Sher- what we'll keep him in our yeah. prayers and Keep her some prayers, well wishes, positive thoughts, everything, you know, headed directed uh, her way and and, uh, and Chuck's way because they're they're a great team, and um, we want her to to stay healthy and everything. Right. But that's all I got to say about that. And um, so, what do we got on the menu for tonight, Eddie? Oh, oh, I hear some scary sounds. Yeah, you know what? I was I'm on the uh, yeah, right there. You hear it? That's the um. That's really cool. I was on the the YouTube channel and I I clicked the the home button and the uh, the Josephy's talking skull came up. That is, I hope you guys all could hear it out there. Well, let me let me play it one more time for everyone out there. Just listen how cool it is. Hold on, here we go. It's gonna play right now. I'll. I'll tell you, you know, one of the things that I find fascinating about Chuck and just like I did about David Harvestad, David Harvestad is the person that he can just take anything and just have a nice story or he's, he's creative, very creative. 
in creating things. And Chuck, Chuck is another person. Chuck is a person that can take an invention overnight and put it together or take any item and just make it into some magic apparatus all through his electrical engineering and, and all that stuff, which is wonderful. Now, the story of the Josephi Skull, Joseph, is this, it pronounced Josephi, Josephi Skull? I think Josephi. The story behind that is that in the 1800s, late 1800s, uh, Josephi the magician actually made a skull. That it worked like clockwork, because back then, obviously, you have no electricity, you know? I mean, there's electricity, but not in, in robots and stuff. And he made this call. I think he hammered it out of uh, uh, out of copper. And it worked just like clockwork. It was like, you know, it would move back, forth, and it would open and close its jaw. And, and that's how, you know, he would say, pick a card. And supposedly the skull was talking. Um, when Josephy, just, just Josephy passed away, uh, a company actually made a duplicate of the original talking skull. What's really creepy about it, which is a, a fact that I put on the video, is the fact that they used a real human skull <laughs> that had never been yeah. done. And yeah, that was really, really re creepy. I don't, Chuck really got in depth about it. The the last podcast on how it was made and you know the human aspect of it, and that was just a, an amazing story. Yeah, it was. And the best part about it was I couldn't believe they sold that for $14,000. And I'm thinking to myself, I wonder whose head that was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. But um, <laughs> but here's the whole thing. The whole thing is that we've created, uh, or to the people, to the listeners, when I say we, it's me, uh, Joe and Todd, and I'm sorry, and, and uh, Chuck and Todd in the assisting, and also Dave Harvestat. We've created a product line unlike any other. And what makes this different and stands out in the crowd is different is the fact that it's it's going to be magic tricks with a Halloween theme to it. It's going to have creepy, horror, magic, scary. It's going to be ghost magic, you know, the stuff that is really not done out there. Like there's a lot of ghost and stuff magic tricks, but this product line is going to be strictly a scary one. That's awesome. It, that's, it, that's awesome. It's going to be <laughs> phenomenal. And um, in the process... Like I said, I'm going to be showcasing most of the videos with the items as the items appear. The way I've done, Joe, is I took the YouTube channel and I put on top the first playlist is uploads, which is all the common uploads that are happening. So you're going to have uh, the regular uploads. The second part of the list is going to be um, Chuck Caputo Magic which is going to be the list that has all the Chuck Caputo specials. There's going to be Chuck Caputo unboxings. Uh, and then the magic tricks will be under a, a playlist of Chuck Caputo magic. And uh, you will be able, once you see Chuck perform the magic trick, you'll be able to basically scroll down and make a purchase right off the YouTube channel. You don't have to even go to the website. You can purchase that magic trick right off the YouTube channel. And that's, I, I think it'd be phenomenal. This way you don't have to like jump all around or go to the website looking for the product. Uh, there'll be a link under each of the products. I'm, I'm hoping to produce a few products in the next couple of days and little, you know, we'll keep producing as uh, weeks go by different new items. And um, Chuck has a load of ideas and so does Dave Harvest and myself and, and you, Joe, too, because you've been telling me a couple of ideas on this. And so the whole thing is that that's what's so exciting, that we have a new product line coming out. And eventually, at the end of this year, we're planning to pull up, hopefully, I don't know if it's going to happen before Christmas. I'm hoping, I'm going to shoot for it, a professional magic kit, executive magic kit that will definitely be able for any aspiring magicians, any professional magicians that want something they can just carry around and perform tricks that are out of the ordinary. Not ever, you know, we're doing tricks that are different from before. It's not just like the cup and, you know, bold trick or the, you know, disappearing cane or no, not, not the overly, or what's the best word to use? Uh, common known tricks. Every magician performs. So these will be kind of ex exclusive, exclusive to, to Chuck Caputo. Ex okay. And exclusive to House of the Unusual. 
It'll be a line produced by House of the Unusual. They're going to be exclusive to us, and it's going to be dealing with a scary theme. It's going to have a horror to the creation, the essence of it. And that's what's going to make it really cool because it's going to always be something uh, that somebody can put on a spook show. Um, it's just the exciting part, which is a scary, scary magic, let's say. And that's not a, a common thing that every company out there is doing. Now, another thing I wanted to ask you, Joe, we had talked about, I think, in an earlier earlier time about the latest magazines, horror magazines that are being published. What do you have to say about that? you have any ideas or any stories you can bring up? Yeah, I know. As as we've discussed before, I I do. Uh, I'm a contributor for Scary Monsters magazine, and if anybody's not familiar with the uh, magazine at all, it is. Uh, it, it's it's been in uh, pub. It's been published since the. Uh, oh man, that has to be around the mid to late '90s uh, when it first began. And um, the original gentleman who was running it, he retired a few years back. So uh, currently, uh, husband and wife team Don and Vicky Vicky Smiraldi uh, run the uh, the magazine. So a few years back, I got in contact with them because it was always one of my favorite magazines. So I wanted to to write for them, or at least get the chance to. And um, it's been it's been a pleasure writing for them and being a part of the uh, Scary Monsters uh, magazine family. So anytime I could get to, to talk about them and promote the magazine or even any other horror magazine, you know, I, 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 you know, I'll, I'll go out of my way to do so because, you know, that's a big part of, of being monster kids and who we are, these monster magazines. And, you know, as we've talked in the past with everything going digital and being online, you know, print's kind of going out of the way, but there are some surviving monster magazines out there. Uh, so if you can, please support them. But today I wanted to talk about the upcoming Scary uh, Monsters magazine because this is a fantastic one and a very unusual one for the the run. It is their, uh, it's issue number 120 and it is a Castle of Frank or uh, yeah, Castle of Frankenstein tribute issue, and it's really cool. And what they wanted to do was kind of pay tribute to the old Castle of Frankenstein magazines, which I'm sure you know you read, you know, back when you were younger. A lot of people out there are, are familiar with them too, and uh, it is done up exactly like how you remembered the old uh, magazines. So. Issue number 120 was supposed to be out um, about a week ago, but they had some issues with the shipping. The actual, who I can't remember who they went through with the shipping, but they actually lost the uh, the boxes after the, the printer was sending them back to them and the boxes got lost. They told them it was either in Philadelphia or New Jersey. They didn't know which. However, they got the boxes, they got the magazines in hand, and orders are ready to go out. So... Check for issue number 120 should be on the magazine stands very shortly. And it has a um, has a really awesome cover done by Scott Jackson. And it's a tribute to uh, Boris Karloff as Mord the Executioner. He's holding a real sharpened accent. It's from the 1939 movie Tower of London. It's a fantastic cover. And then on the back he has Klaus Kinski and Max Schreck's uh, the 1979 and 1922 versions of Nosferatu. There's also a hint of wow of Wild Frankenstein's Castle of Freaks, the evil Frankenstein's square-headed uh, monster played by uh, Kiwi Kinston. So it's a it's a fantastic cover. Scott Jackson just does amazing covers, and if you ever get to see him at a show or something, go up say hi to him. He's a, uh, a fantastic guy, very friendly. And um, just very knowledgeable of monster magazines, but there's a whole plethora of different articles in this. Some of them are talking about some classic monster uh, movies or TV shows, and some are even talking about older articles that appeared in previous Castle of Frankenstein magazines from you know way back uh, during the original run. 
Now, I even have a, in this one, I'm trying to find it here. I have the PDF pulled up. Um, I did an article for this one on old-time radio. And when they initially wanted me to, it was real funny because when they initially wanted me to, you know, do an article for this, you know, I wasn't too familiar with Castle of Frankenstein. I had some of the, the magazines, but I didn't, you know, I, I really didn't read too many of them. I, I you know, I read some articles here and there. Um, so I really kind of dug into them and it was funny cause I, you know, I, I really like old time radio. I'm not sure if you've ever listened to any of the old time programs, Eddie, you're not. I, uh, I, uh, oh gosh, I, oh, I watched I, so many of them. It's oh, crazy. crazy. So I, I, I've always been a fan of them. Like, you know, X minus one and lights out. One of the best I think was, you know, who, um, the shadow, <laughs> Oh yeah, I love the love the shadow. I bought the Jose. Now the special that you wrote in this magazine, as I was listening to you, uh, uh, Joe, is basically on old shows. Yeah, it's on the old time radio shows. Did you mention so our we... show? What's that? Did you mention our show? I mean, we are old folks, aren't we? Yeah. No. <laughs> You're not. <laughs> Yeah, maybe one day in the future someone will will mention us on on old time radio shows from the you know the twenty twenties. Oh my gosh! But, nope. You know this really this really concentrates on you know the nineteen uh, probably about the nineteen thirties through the fifties. But what was funny is that when I was and this is very so coincidental when I was I grabbed my stack of Castle Frankenstein magazines and I'm looking through them and I found this. Uh, it was really cool cover of number six, and it has a uh, Medusa on, or with a Medusa on it from the movie The Gorgon. So I'm like, oh, you know, I'll just I'll check out this. I seen a picture of the shadow on the bottom, so I actually kind of wanted to see what they had about the shadow. I thought it might be for the pulps. Oh, excuse me. So, you know, I, I seen that they did have something on the top, radio horrors and all that, but the shadows mainly what got me. So I found this article on there and it was called nostalgic remembrances of radio fantasy when all a fan needed was an atwater kent and a healthy imagination now for all of our you know maybe older listeners out there who were around you know back when tv was just coming of age or wasn't even out yet you had to sit around your radio and listen to these theater of the mind programs so this uh gentleman that wrote the original article, Bob Stewart, he kind of laid out a lot of these programs that were, you know, might've been forgotten at the time. Cause I believe this was uh, the original one was printed in 65, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so not much might've been known about these radio programs because, you know, you didn't, you didn't have internet back then. There wasn't, you know, too many books on old time radio so he was listing a lot of these shows. And I thought, man, it would be really nice to kind of, you know, catch up on some of these shows. But if there was some somebody out there that didn't know much about old time radio and just wanted to, you know, listen to some of the horror ones, where would they start or how would they, you know, go about looking? So what I decided to do was kind of pay tribute to um, Bob Stewart's original article and break down a lot of the the shows that he had listed and kind of just give a brief synopsis of them and some of like the better uh, ones that were in there. So if you just want to check out, say, like Witch's Tale or Suspense, you could um, go there, maybe find one or two uh, of the better shows. But some of the shows that I have listed uh, are Dimension X, X-1, Lights Out, of course, which is one of my absolute favorites. Uh, Inner Sanctum Mystery, another one of my favorites. Witch's Tale, Drop Dead, Suspense, The Haunting Hour, which is a great one. The Shadow, like Eddie mentioned, which is a, a fantastic fan. One of the probably one of the best old time radio programs you could you could find. Uh, you also have Quiet Please, which was produced by Willis Cooper, who also did Lights Out. So you're getting another quality production there uh you have mercury theater on the air escape the black chapel uh the black castle and there's 
there's so many more, but I, I kind of wanted to break it down. So if you're a horror fan and you wanted to get into old time radio, you could check this out and you have a few titles and a few episodes there that you could directly go to and see if you like it or not. So there's, there's that article and there's, um, there's a lot of different ones on there. There's an article on uh, tower of London, uh, Nosferatu, um, there's an interview with uh, Lynn Lagosi Sparks uh, talking about Dracula's 90th anniversary. Uh, Hammer goes Hollywood and just a ton of other stuff on there. I mean, it is it's a great magazine and it kind of brings you back to, you know, those old famous monsters and Castle Frankenstein magazines with the, the black and white photos and the uh, the pulp paper. So if anybody's out there, if you haven't checked it out, you know, he- head to your local Barnes and Nobles and grab a copy or you could even go to mymoviemonsters.com which is uh Scary Monsters Magazine headquarters and they have all the the new and past magazines there. Now another oh I'm sorry go ahead Eddie. No no I no no I was going to say also that um I'm getting an echo here I think hold on. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah, okay, no, what I was going to say also is that one of the things uh, when you were saying Castle Frankenstein, which I remember buying that magazine many times when I was young, um, one of the things that I find so phenomenal, especially in old-time radio shows, is the acting behind those actors. They could portray a story on the radio that actually you were able to listen to, and it somehow went like a movie in your head. Yeah, that's... That's crazy because there's been a lot of times where I, I'll just sit with the you know the lights out and nothing on and listen to a program and it's it's like you're you're watching the movie in your mind you, you know you said it perfectly they are they are top notch actors these ain't people that are you know off the street or just out of you know acting school I mean you have some very top notch actors and some very top notch special effects people that are are contributing to this this theater of the mind yeah. program and, and it really is because you you could picture everything going on there perfectly it's the theater of the mind in fact one of the earlier shows that i do have on cassette as well is uh there was when abbott and costello started they first started on the radio and when they had their comedy act on the radio one of the people that one of the persons that appeared on that was lucille ball and from i love lucy and she also appeared with the Marx Brothers and stuff like that. But it's it was phenomenal the way those people had the scripts written and how people would listen. And this is the whole funny thing. Today, which blew my mind, you would say, wow, man, you know, well, we have television. We have the Internet. We have YouTube. But the funny thing about it is that podcasting is heard by more people than the regular YouTube or television. Right. Yeah. Seen. I mean, it's kind of like the new theater of the mind, right, almost. Right. And and there's so many podcast stations out there, right there. I mean, I could imagine how many they have, but none of the podcast stations out there are actually doing that. I know of what those radio stations did back then with things like uh, the X one. You said what is it called? Uh, there's X minus. No, no, no. The the one that um uh, that you mentioned that you like a lot, uh, Dimension X. Oh, Dimension X. Yeah. yeah, another one of my favorites. Yeah, no. When you listen to that, especially in the start, the intro, you can't beat that, man. That's oh, like, so cool. It's crazy. Um, it's just phenomenal. I mean, I I agree with you. The radio shows of the past were really really good, and the fact that now you contributed. Now, let me ask you a question, Joe. Didn't you contribute to another magazine? That was recently published. Do you know if he already put it out? You know what? I, I actually just talked to him um, today. Let me find the email. Now, it was a, it was a, originally a Monster Shindig magazine. And uh, I contributed an article for that on the movie Equinox. And um, the guy's just, it was supposed to be out in January. He's been extremely busy. Uh, just with you know everything going on, he homeschools homeschools his kids, and you know work, and he's moving and everything. So the the projection is for the magazine to be out in April, and they renamed it to Atomic Monster Magazine. I love it. And yeah, I, I tell you what, he sent me a 
um, kind of like a, uh, I don't know if it's going to be a rough draft or if it's the final of the front cover. And it is, it's absolutely amazing. And he, he also sent me some inside, uh, excuse me, some pages from the inside and they, they are absolutely amazing. Uh, what, what he's doing. There's a lot of work and that you could tell that there's a lot of care going into the magazine. So as soon as I could get some more information on it, um, I will definitely put it out uh, on, on this channel so that, you know, people could, could go ahead and support it because it's just, it's another monster magazine that's coming out and it's going to be dealing with a lot of different classics, a lot of B movie classics, drive-ins and a few, newer stuff there's some uh some interviews in there as well but it's it's going to be something cool and, and very different and uh you know what I, I was also surprised too is that um oh before i go on um back to scary monsters number 120 i have in my article on how i got involved with old time radio it actually starts off my article so if you're interested on out there it's it's a it's an amazing story and i'll get more into it after the magazine uh comes out but it's an amazing story on how i actually got into old-time radio and it happened while i was on deployment with the military so pick up number 120 read that article and see how i got involved with old-time radio it it didn't happen joe when uh you started listening to house of the unusual (laughs) <laughs> hopefully it does for a lot of people <laughs> what do you mean no the, the whole thing is i'm saying you know joe i i gotta tell you that magazine atomic um i like the name it's a lot better than the shing thing going because that i i don't know that name i didn't really like that much but um yeah i, I didn't i don't i didn't get i i mean i, I got monster shindig because there was an old magazine i think from the 70s called monster shindig and i think he was trying to duplicate redo it yeah, but Atomic Monster is it's really cool, man. I can't wait for it to come out and for the cover set. Because this cover, I'm looking at the cover right now, and when it's on the newsstands, it is going to just it, it's going to blast out. You gotta you gotta send me a copy of that cover, Joe. I'm kind of curious. Yeah, I uh, absolutely will. One one, but, thing, uh, one thing I'm going to tell you though, Joe. Yeah. One thing that you kind of probably forgot is that you yourself have your very own magazine coming out soon. In fact, you already have the first issue. It's a mini version of any magazine. But uh, as Joe one time, for the listeners out there, he convinced me to bring back Ghost Ship Times. And I think Ghost Ship Times started again. And our theme behind it was, you know, classical monsters, classical uh, folk, folk folklore, classical legends. And it's going to be composed of a lot of exciting things. It's also going to have the history of magic. It's going to be... And Joe, I think it's going to launch soon, my friend. I, I have, We already do have the first issue. Uh, I'm finishing up the product, and I think now with all this magical stuff that Chuck Caputo is doing, we're ready to launch soon. Now, so, do you have do you have copies for sale of the uh, the original Ghost Ship Times? I have uh, some copies. Yeah, I have, I think, a copy for sale. Uh, original copies I don't have left. I only have the downloadable version. Well, if, you're, if people are out there and want to... Um, want an original copy? It, it's tough to find. I know if a few months, maybe over the summer, there was one on eBay that was for sale. But uh, check eBay. You know that's probably the best best way if you could if you could find one. Like I said, there was one on there and that went uh, pretty quick. Yeah. Well, the thing is, I just basically what happens. I sold all the last copies, and the last copy I actually found, I sent to you, Joe. So you might be one of the. Uh... Last people that owns one, <laughs> and I got it bagged and board in, in in my collection. So, but um, I wanted to, to move on real quickly. You know, I when I was at the the bookstore the other day, I found another. I I because I, I I really want to bring up this magazine too because they they're doing some very interesting things uh, coming up, which um, I, I I think is great, and it's um. You know, because sometimes magazines, they, they get into a funk where they're just doing the same old thing over and over. Um, I'm, I'm glad Scary Monsters is not like that. They're they're always doing something different and have a different theme. But some magazines will just talk about new movies and this and that. But um, this magazine I picked up, I, I really enjoyed the cover of it. It's called Horror Hound. Uh, it's been out for 
quite some time. This is they're on issue. Well, the one I picked up that was there was number eighty six. It's the winter twenty twenty issue. I believe the the new one's already out. But if you could still find issue number eighty six, grab it because it's an amazing issue. It has the has a painting of the Invisible Man on the cover, and there is usually Horrorhound. They talk. They they have a nice mix of kind of like new and old movies, TV shows, toys, and stuff in there. There's usually a decent mix. But this one, they really have some classic articles in here. So they have this this humongous article, several pages on The Invisible Man, uh, written by John Kitley. It's a horror hound retrospective. And there are some fantastic photos in there of the lobby cards, uh, the books, the toys, everything to do with the invisible man. Now, what was really surprising to me was prior to that article, a few pages before that, there's a, a super there's a super eight uh, article. Now, I'm sure everybody out there remembers the super eight, you know, the castle films and all that that were out. They were, you know, showed like a, a brief, you know, maybe 15, 20 minutes of a film, you know, usually didn't have I don't think any of them had any sound but they had some fantastic box art and they're, they're actually highly collectible. Now, if you could find them at, you know, shows they go for usually, you know, 10, 20 bucks and up for, um, for any of the, uh, the boxes, but there's a great article on that. And then there's another article on the silent screamers toys, which uh, Mezco put out 20 years ago. And they did kind of like a, uh, up, not an updated version, but kind of like a, um, I, I, they, they did like Nosferatu, uh, cabinet of Dr. Caligari, um, Frankenstein, but they really, they kind of used the old, I guess, you know, movie monsters, but they redesigned them a little bit and they, they look absolutely fantastic. The paint job and the, uh, the molding is is very good. Uh, I, I remember picking them up when they first came out on the shelves at Toys R Us, and I actually still have them. So there's um, there's a few great articles in here, and they still have a f- you know some on uh, some newer movies, which I don't get too much into. But you know, what, well, what's yeah. that? No, I was going to say one of the things that's really fantastic about that magazine. It, it's a very well done magazine, horror monsters. A horror, 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 getting pronounced the word now, horror hound, right? That's I, isn't that published by the same company that makes uh, the haunting magazine or haunted house magazine, something like that that comes around the Halloween era. It's an you know what I, I'm not sure if they do. That. I know what magazine you're talking about because I've, I've picked it up, and I'm not sure if they do that one or not. I well, I, I, I thought I thought it was. You know, I'm kind of like. Uh, for some reason, could, it, yeah, I'd, I'd have to go through my magazines and find it and see if it's the same people. I mean, it, it very well could be Horror Hound. Horror, yeah, yeah. I'm almost positive, you know what, that it is. But you know, one thing I'm going to tell you though, Joe, when you're talking about all these magazines and stuff, it, it shows how much people still love the era of the old stuff, especially with the Universal Monsters, which do so well. In fact, right now, uh, between Polar Lights and another company, I think the other company is. Um, Polar Lights used to be the older name, I think. I think the other one, I I forget. It's not Ertl or AMC. It's another company. They re they bought back a bunch of those original uh, model kits, the ones from the Haunted Mansion and Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, of course, they call it uh, the Haunted Manor, and they've you know it's the same kits that from the 1970s I had um, in my collection. And another thing I'm going to also tell you right now, they are selling some Universal Monster masks. On, I mean, they're phenomenal, man. I bought two of them from the Creature from the Black Lagoon. It was like $69 a mask. But let me tell you, man, it's the best reproduction mask of the Creature that I think I've seen till date. And, um, the, you know, those things like that, especially with the articles where we're talking about this old-time radio and stuff, I think there's like a resurgence again of all the classical monsters and fun stuff. And that's yeah, something I- the, the people out there should look into because... Like anything, that you know, it becomes a collection right away. So. Yeah, I'm. I'm really hoping there is, especially you know, I, 
I really like pushing the old time radio because I think it's something that not many people, you know, especially younger generations know about. And or if they do, they kind of brush it off because, oh, you know, it's radio. But, man, I, the programs are just so fantastic. And I'm, I guaranteed if kids out there, you know, gave it a chance or even, you know, people in their, their 20s or 30s gave it a chance, you, you would definitely be hooked because they are top notch. I mean, you had Boris Karloff, you had Vincent Price doing them, uh, Orson Welles, uh, just top notch uh, people. They're ju- they're just amazing. I mean, sometimes there's some of them are better than some of the the movies and shows that are out today. And you know, a lot of these programs are almost you know inching on a hundred years old. Let me tell you something. When you're talking about those programs, especially one of my favorite things especially from all the programs from the past is when they used to run the posters and do like the scary posters and movie posters from the fifties and sixties. I recently acquired, I have one in my collection, but I acquired one in better condition of the house in haunted Hill. It's the French version of the poster. The poster measures 67 by 47, 47 by 63 inches. Let me tell you, man, this is a phenomenal poster. It's retailing on eBay now for between $3,000, $2,000, give or take. There's two people selling it for that price there. I was able to get it at a decent price, and then I I, I went on to have it, and right now they're working on it. It's going to get linen backed. So once it gets linen backed, I'm working on an affordable uh, (laughs) – I hate to say frame because it's – I don't even know how I'm going to be able to – to, to even get a frame on something that large. But uh, the thing is, if you do frame it and stuff, it looks phenomenal. And that all goes back to the time, again, with the actors and everything. The way people did back in the 1950s and 60s, the way they put their heart and soul into what they were doing, whether it be old-time radio, whether it be movies, it was phenomenal. It, it just really, and even the way they typecast the actors, like say, for example, let's use a good example, Gilligan's Island. Every character that played in that show was typecast like to the max. They're like super great. Uh, same thing with the monsters. With They really took their time in, in, in getting the right actor for the role. Uh, getting, uh, you know, and, and today we look back and we're like, man, that actor couldn't do anything. They couldn't be a better actor than that actor. You know what I'm saying? And right. that is phenomenal. And the reason I mentioned the movies and stuff, and I, I brought this up to the conversation, is the fact that I am so happy that I got the house on Haunted Hill <laughs> because that's a, that's been a poster that I've been after for some time. And the one that I did acquire before had a lot of tears and it wasn't really, it's in my storage somewhere. I haven't even checked it, but it wouldn't even be worth restoring uh, because it had a lot of, diff, you know, a lot of uh, black, not black, but brown eras around the, because you got to remember when people made posters at that time, they were for one time use. They didn't think people were going to collect them. So the first thing they did is they folded them down. And what happens with fold after years, you're going to have a, with a fold line is there's going to be a a line that says it was folded. You know, you're going to see that. And it's going to reflect over the entire image of the poster. So unless you get a poster in really good enough quality or condition that those lines are not really seen, it's tough. And you're going to pay a hefty price for it, you know? Yeah. uh, And I think that there's some, there's some fantastic books out there that showcase, uh, you know, classic poster art from, you know, the twenties, thirties, forties, and fifties. And I mean, you could find them in, I think I have like two or three that are, that are just for horror and sci-fi, but I mean, you could find them for Westerns, for drama. And um, they're just, I mean, they're fantastic. The artwork and a lot of them were, were painted, you know, so there, it wasn't something that someone drew up on a computer real quick, or it wasn't just the actor's face in a, you know, the same pose that you see in 300 other uh, posters that come out that year. I mean, these were action-packed photos, and, and a lot of the horror and sci-fi ones were scary as hell, you know what I mean? I mean, hey, they, were, they looked real. It, it, it was they're just it was phenomenal. But like you said, a lot of people folded them up because they didn't think they were going to be collectible. And then over the years, you know, the chemicals in the paper on that fold started to break down and the paper would break down, so you'd get a lot of tears or a lot of real, um, real brittle paper. So you you have to watch, and it's really really hard to find 
you know, a poster from that era, you know, 20s, 30s, 40s that are, is in mint condition. And if you do, you're going to, you know, have to put your house down, your your, your car and your yeah, your car and your first child for it. Yeah, and sell your dog, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're they're tough. I, I tell you what, a, a buddy of mine and he he kicks himself all the time. He had an original Creature from the Black Lagoon poster that um it was he said it was in mint condition. I saw pictures of it that he took before he sold it, and it was in mint condition, it was un unfolded, and he sold that in the nineties for I think around twenty thousand dollars. And if you look at that now, I mean, it would be a, a couple hundred thousand and he just kicks himself, but he had to sell it to, you know, buy a house. He had a wife and I, you know, five kids. So he had to do what he had to do. But man, if he would have had that now, he could have been in some serious cash. <laughs> well, here's one thing that's interesting. When you say the creature, I actually acquired one of the original posters of the creature, uh, but I'm not talking about the original from the 1960s film. I think they remade the films like in the early 70s and they put out a, a 47 by 63 inch poster of the creature in France. And I was able to obtain the poster at a very reasonable price. And it's in, you can tell it's more modern a little bit because the, the thickness of the paper used for the poster. But I'm going to tell you one thing, though. There's something interesting I always said about the creature, Frankenstein and Dracula. In my experience, Joe, in, in selling for years, uh, those monsters. I found out that the Dracula is bought mostly by men. Uh, I don't know why. Bella Lugosi tends to be, when I sell them, uh, I would say that out of 10, there'd be females who are buying it as compared to the male. And the Frankenstein is like six or seven are male and, and the rest are free. So you could see the male preferred the Frankenstein monster, but one thing that's unique about the creature, and I'll tell you what I find it really interesting and unique at the same time, is the fact that there's not a huge following, but yet the following it does have, and this is the creature now, will pay crazy amounts of prices for it. Um, I've been selling a creature from the Black Lagoon I've had for some time in my thing that I originally had printed for a trade show I did. And it's, it's, it's like the people love the creature. And anytime the creature comes out, if it's a mask, in fact, a good example in the 1970s, when I was growing up, all cereal boxes, especially Post and General Mills, uh, now Post did Post Honeycombs and, you know, General Mills did the monster cereals like uh, Frankenberry, Booberry, uh, Count Chocolate. And they also had at one time they had Yummy Mummy. And they had one which was the werewolf. I, I forget the name of the, the werewolf one. And those were all like deleted. The only ones that are still put out are, yum, are uh, Frankenberry, Count Chocolate, and they still put out uh, Booberry, especially around the Halloween time. Uh, Booberry comes back in because Booberry, they stopped producing it for a couple of years. And then, of course, now collectors are demanding it and it's there. And I used to love the commercials for the three cereals. But the point I, I tell you, what, speaking of those cereals is what I, I found not too long ago. And I've been trying to find a decent one on eBay was in 1987. They did a Count Chocula box where the count, you know, it's a big bowl of cereal in the front and Count Chocula is on there and standing behind them is Bella Lagasse holding a candle as Dracula. I have those boxes. Do you really? Yeah, I have almost, I mean, I, I've been collecting, boo yeah, I have those boxes. I need to know where, but I have them. And uh, they have Bella Lugosi, and they, they have, I think, the Boris Karloff monster, too. And you know what's so funny about those cereal, though, what I was telling you? There was also a time that they had glow-in-the-dark monster posters. And they were like 11 by 17. They weren't big posters. The Frankenstein, when it comes out on eBay, the, the Dracula, they'll go for $60, $75. The creature always does about 180 and 240. So it. Oh yeah, you know what? I'm I'm looking on here now, and and I have never seen that one. But I, there's one that popped up for 400 dollars. Is the uh, the Frankenberry with the uh, Boris Karloff Frankenstein on it? <laughs> that that's crazy. 400. That that's that's a lot for the asking price. I mean. For, yeah, it's the only one that it's the only one on there too. I also have see when uh, they, one other thing you know talking about we started going into the premiums of cereals, 
And that's what made the cereals of the time so fun. Uh, I, it was funny. I, I hated cereal. I never ate them. But I would always tell my grandmother, I would, or my mom, so they would buy it for me. And all I would do is as soon as I got home, I'd stick my hand in the thing to get the toy. And <laughs> that was the most exciting part. But one thing I was going to tell you, yeah, like, um, uh, what do you call this one? The captain. He's a captain of the sea. Um, captain Crunch. Captain Crunch. Had a lot. Yeah. Of, the best one that had the most, like, spooky ones were uh, Honeycombs. Honeycombs always had, like, the haunted house record on the back or, you know, things. And it was so cool. There were, like, four or five different records put out. I have them all, by the way. Um, not the box themselves. I only have like one original box with the records still intact, but I do have all the records that they ever put out that are, you know, were in back of cereal boxes. But one, right. one thing I'm going to say though, especially with the, um, the, you know, the creature poster and all that, they also had iron ons. There was also one set that were magic sets. And one of my favorite part with the magic set that they would have like different magic tricks inside each one is there was one that it was like two little round things that were about the size of a 50 cents piece. And you put together like a little rabbit appeared in the middle. And I thought that was real cool. So as a kid, I really wanted that cereal to get that. Every time I bought it, it never had <laughs> the one I wanted. But uh, one thing I'm going to tell you, and this is so cool. The, uh, back in the early 80s or mid 80s, or I don't know, maybe mid 90s. I don't remember the exact time. I'm not going to give it a, a time date on it, but uh, Tricks came out with this hypnotic uh, box that had the, supposedly the rabbit was hypnotized and they actually had on the cereal box the spiral eyes for the rabbit uh, which kind of was like the hypnocoin that they used to sell in the 60s and I purchased that box and then uh, I had learned the trick which was really it worked out for me but back then anything you order from a cereal would take six to eight weeks to get just like the old mail order days and they started the, the second one, the second box they put out in the series had the rabbit wearing this hypno glasses that you can get free by sending away for them. You had to pay like things six ninety five for shipping, which, of course, probably um, counted for the price of the item and the shipping. And what I did was I ordered it, but then I, I wanted more than one pair. So obviously this is the funny part. I would call up the company and say, hey, you know, I ordered this like two months ago and I haven't gotten it. I would send the copy of the receipt and they would send me another one. <laughs> so I wound up getting like three that way, you know? And, um, and, you know, as a collector, you try to do everything under the sun. That's just kind of like one day, uh, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, you know, when they find the Ark of the Covenant of God and stuff there, they, 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 would, t they would tell you that you could get this one that was like 13 inches and which now sells on eBay for like three, 400 bucks, which is crazy. But you had to buy five action figures, and each action figure would have part of a coupon. And when you put it together, you were able to send away for the arc, right? I wanted it, but I couldn't get all five. I went all over, and they were, like, sold out everywhere, right? So I wound up one day going to Chiller Theater, the convention, and some guy had him there. And he was selling them for 49 bucks. So lo and behold, I went and I bought three of them. You know, I'm like, hey, this just the box itself looked great. It looked like one of those packing crates. And right. So you would buy it. But the thing is like um it's like twelve, thirteen inches long. It's really big. It's not a, a small and it's really I mean, if you look at it, it's it's phenomenally made. It's got a lot of detailing, uh, and stuff like that are like you know, like phenomenal. But um, you know, getting back to what we're talking about, uh that cereal box or originally when you were saying with the Bella Lagosi behind. That, that's probably going to be the one that's going to be the most expensive because for some reason, even though Boris Karlov would be a more uh, popular person, I would say than Dracula to people that love Frankenstein, uh, Count Chocolate, I think is a better selling cereal than Frankenberry. I'm not sure. Oh why. yeah. And, you know, and, I, and I've seen that Bela Lugosi one going for a, you know, unopened box from 1987. I've seen it going for, well, you know, the same price as the Frankenberry one with Boris Karloff. And they go anywhere from, you know, two to four hundred dollars for an unopened box. And you could find them fairly cheaper for, uh, uh, you know, just the box. I, I think there was one on there for one twenty five and another one for like seventy five. But, you know, if you're if you're somebody, you know, like me, who 
who likes to collect that stuff, you know, I want the unopened box with the old cereal well, that's in That's what I was going to tell you. That's not a good – you know what's bad about that? When people collect like that, that's something I found out the hard way. <laughs> that worms. Worms go into the cereal. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. So if you have like – yeah, like little microscopic worms. And one day I had one of my original boxes. See, you might not remember this, Joe. There was a famous box in the 70s called Quisp, which I think is, believe it or not, they're remaking it again. But it showed like a little guy, a little alien guy that would wear a propeller on his head. And he had like a round head and his name was Quisp, Q-U-I-S-P. Do you remember that one? No. Okay. Quisp was, oh my God, they had commercials all the time. And in fact, because of Quisp, I always wanted one of those little derbies with a propeller in the top because, you know, you, you thought that a, the guy would fly around with it, right? And uh, But this is when I was very small, you know, obviously the, the cereal. I got an original box when I was little, and somehow it survived with me for years. And one day I go into the storage and I see worms coming out of the box. Oh. So it's not – if you're going to collect a cereal box, you open it up gently – you use a knife to make sure you don't destroy. You flan it out. You put it onto one of those magazine type of uh, cardboards and put it in a plastic and seal it. You do not keep the old cereal in it. It's not a good, smart thing to do. Yeah, maybe I'll just get the uh, the box then. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I have like over 200 boxes, Joe. Every single year for the past, I don't know, 15, 20 years. I bought the, the monster cereal boxes because one of my original intents, and I got to say it fast because I think we're running out of time here. Yeah, we're getting, yeah. we got about eight minutes. Okay. So, okay. That's good. One of the things I'm going to tell you right now, Joe, is that in the past I had wrote back in, I don't know, I guess when I started the fun factory with Lou Weiss at the time, I had wrote to General Mills and I wrote to the archive department and all that stuff. And I wanted to, ready for this, I wanted to include the seven-foot ghost in the cereal or have the cereal company sell it and offer it for sale in the back. Like, you know, for example, you can get this ghost. And it almost happened, to be honest with you. I, I have the contract that they had sent me, which I shied away from because they needed several thousand of the ghost to be sent to their factories i couldn't produce that it was impossible <laughs> so it it was close to happening for me but it didn't and it left me wondering how many would i have sold if that would have been true you know if i would have been able to to include the ghost not included in the box because it would have been too big of a product but right. for sale especially around the halloween time just imagine a box with the ad for the seven foot ghost in the back, what kid wouldn't want to have that? I mean, I, I you know they don't they don't really give too many, you know, cool toys anymore in in no. cereal and they, and the I think the last you know Count Chocula Blueberry one I bought was a couple years ago and the I didn't like the packaging it was just too computer generated. Well, here's what happened in the mid nineties the F TC Federal Trade Commission, I think it was, or or something, in order to control fraud. See, they started hitting all the mail order companies in the late 90s, early 2000s, because of the amount of, of mail fraud that was going on. That they were, and, and they forced them to be more truthful. And the thing is, every time they used to advertise a, a an item inside of a cereal box, they would show it to you real big on television. And when you got it, it was a quarter the size. You know what I'm saying? They started right. Starting uh, companies like General Mills and stuff, afraid of being sued, started then, you know, obviously cutting out and and they stopped producing the toys. But you know what? Even Cracker Jack, what people failed to remember is that what made those companies, I think, very famous with the children was the fact, just like Cracker Jack, there's a toy inside. Half the time, people didn't buy it because they wanted to eat Cracker Jack. So they didn't buy the cereal. Like me, I just wanted the toy. So I would buy cereal boxes. And throw yeah. out the cereal because I hated cereal. I didn't like cereal growing up. I don't know why. Oh, see, I, I love cereal. I still love cereal. Now I I don't eat the, uh, you know, the real sugary cereal. I kind of, you know, eat some, you know, more healthy ones. But I I I, I love cereal, and I just 
It doesn't. It doesn't seem the same. You know, I and I remember that. You know, kind of like the heyday in the eighties with cereal, where it was real big, and they even had car. You know, Saturday morning cartoons based on the cereal, and so you'd be sitting there eating your Flintstones, fruity pebbles, while watching the Flintstones, and then you have the toy in there. You might have a little maze on the back. You could, you know, do or some jokes or something. But now it's just kind of boring. Well, that, that's it, it what seems. I'm saying. I'll tell you what. There was a. I think the last, I don't know, 1990-something, uh, Post Honeycombs offered uh, a couple of boxes. They, they, they offered one that when you open it up, it had on the top of the box a sound module that would sound like a ghost. So it was, this box is haunted. So when you opened up the box, the box would make like, like that, you know, scary sound. I have three of those okay still in mint condition i'm surprised the battery still works in the thing but i mean those boxes <laughs> sell today for over two three hundred dollars on ebay and then the other one was they also offered another box that you were able to send away for a horror cassette tape and with the cassette tape i think it was like 495 they also sent you a cassette player like one of those walkmans and i got yeah. that i have it still in its mint box with the original cassette and, and I had oh, the, wow. the cereal that had that. And, and that was phenomenal. And then another one, which was, uh, <laughs> I think it was awesome. They had one that had a free haunted house inside, but it was like a board game. And you open it up and it's like a big poster and you're supposed to cut the pieces out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it was fun stuff that was included in there. Of course, cheap stuff, but it was fun. And even to this day, when I see around Halloween, I love to go. Uh, to you know the cereal section but the problem with it that i found is every time i guess there's a lot of people like me and you joe because every time i go i found out that they put out the halloween edition boxes like in the middle of september because every time you go yeah you know i i I noticed that too and like i don't know how the stores are around you or anybody else out there but like i really have to hunt for those boxes and they're usually not with the regular cereal. They're on some type of, you know, end of the aisle, you know, end cap on the aisle, tucked away, you know, next to like the soups or something. Yeah. You know, and it's it's really weird how they I have mean, them. I got Lucky Charms and, and, you know, Cheerios. They do really nice, especially Captain Crunch. They do very nice Halloween editions of them. But like you said, man, every time. Now I, I go get them early September because I already, as soon as... Anytime I go into a supermarket, like my favorite part of the supermarket was the cereal aisle because I went there to see what toys were inside. And I remember yeah. as a kid, that's the first thing I wanted, the cereal. And, um, you know, I got to tell you, I go into the cereal aisle every single time, every single week. And the first thing I'm always looking at is do, does it have a toy inside, <laughs> even today, you know? And <laughs> And it's some it's you know what well, Joe, my man. something we should think about is House of the Unusual. We should think about uh approaching those companies again. I like I, I'd like to see an Eddie and Joe cereal with you know on a special occasion we could have a Todd uh Machen cereal with uh sea monkey flavored um you know little pieces. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, we are we are coming down at the top of the program here. We got about two minutes left, so let's uh Let's wrap it up. And I want to thank everybody out there for joining us. Uh, head over to your, your favorite uh, podcast um, place where you listen to podcasts, I guess, uh, Anchor or iTunes or whatever else is out there. Uh, search for House of the Unusual and subscribe to us so you could listen to uh, us two knuckleheads every week. Talk about, you know, weird and unusual stuff from magic to monsters and Whatever else comes across our, our brains. And we always have, you know, some cool guests, you know, here and there that, that come in. And uh, definitely head over to YouTube. Subscribe to our channel, House of the Unusual, because uh, Eddie's always posting some awesome videos up there. And you get to see some of uh, the magic that Chuck Caputo is doing as well. And you can also go back and check out some of our old video casts, which were uh, really great. And we'll be doing some more of those in the future, you know, some special ones. And then... 100% definitely go over to houseoftheunusual.com. It is an awesome website that Eddie's put together. It is free to join. Uh, there's a free mailing list. You could 
talk to people in the forum. We have a, a you know different blogs that are up, and there's a direct link to the podcast on there, uh, direct link to the shop, and to all of our social media. So it is a uh, a great place where you could find this. So Eddie, what do you got for us? We got about no, thirty the last seconds. Thing I was going to say for any listeners out there that do use iTunes, we would appreciate that you give us the five stars reviews on those. We have a couple, but the more the better because it, it, it promotes our show even more. The other thing I was just going to finally say, remember, there's a whole new product line. And guys, we haven't forgotten. We also have another line for pirates coming soon. And that's going to probably be headed by Dave Allen, the, the treasure guy who we had on our show once or uh, three times, actually, in the live podcast. You could see him on YouTube uh, when we were doing live podcasts through there as well. But anyway, other than that, Joe, I'm done. You have a beautiful day, brother, and uh, take care. All right.